Well, well, good morning, everybody. Man, it got quiet in here fast. <laughs> I, I, we've, we've normally had to tell you to kind of be quiet, actually, when we get back from the five minute. Everybody was just waiting, so it's good. Good to have everybody here in the room today. And to those who are online with us, welcome to Callwood Church. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team. Um, so here uh, this last week on social media, I, I posed a question to people, and, and it was this. What is your earliest memory of fear? And so what I'd like for you to do is consider that just for a quick moment and tell the neighbor beside you or if you're on the online forum with us, write that in the chat. But go ahead, answer this. What was your earliest memory of fear? Go ahead and tell somebody. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have different fears. And, and, and as I went through some of the answers that were on my social media posts, um, we heard things like this. People are, um, are afraid of spiders. Anybody relate with that one, right? Spiders could be one of those things. Something like heights could be another one of those things. We had a few people who were saying that monsters under their bed as a kid, you know, that was one of the things that happened. Um, this was some, and the, the thing is, as I'm reading some of these, like I realized that this was some person's fear, but some of them are actually quite comical to me. Uh, for instance, this one in particular was um, being left behind in Kmart, uh, I, to, to which the person said, I, I had to uh, use a loudspeaker to inform my parents where I was because they were lost. Someone even talked about this, this cow called Jezebel and how Jezebel charged them as a kid, and so now they just don't like cows. I mean, we all have different types of fears when it comes to our lives. In fact, Michelle Poehler, an author, uh, said this, that there are three types of fears that we should consider in our lives. The, the first one would be universal fears, fears that a lot of people will experience together, i.e. spiders or heights, things like these. So we have those moments. The second one that she talks about are cultural fears, where it has to do with personality, not belonging or feeling loved by somebody, which is very real in our culture as well. And then the third one that we see are personal fears, uh, which keep us from disappointing ourselves. I mean, so there are a lot of fears that have happened in our lives, uh, if we were to be honest with each other. Those fears, when they get a little bit more excessive, turn themselves into this thing called phobia. Have you heard of phobias before? I mean, phobias are around us, or all, all of our spider lovers, we, we follow arachnophobia. We do not like spiders. That is, that is an important one. Autophobia is another one of the phobias, and that's just simply a fear of being alone, which is a big deal for some people. There's this thing called panagophobia, and it is the fear of beards which none of you have, right? Like, like that's, what, that's what we're going to hope for. Uh, but it's a real thing. It's a phobia. Go figure, right? And then I've, I, I don't know if this is a word, so don't pass judgment on me, but I've made it up for the sake of now. But I actually think there's another phobia that we need to write in. I know I love making words. Our staff laughs at me all the time for the words I try to make up. But here's the next word. It's COVIDophobia. Have you heard of it? COVIDophobia. See, the driving narrative of this COVID season has been fear, right? And we've panicked on health, the impact of the virus, the concerns for family members, perhaps the extended social isolation that has happened to us. 
economic risk and uncertainty. We followed the news, social media, and we know that fear has been a narrative that is spoken very loud. In the series that we are in right now called My COVID Teacher, I'm going to say today that my COVID teacher has highlighted this, that we are afraid, that we are fearful, and that we are in worry mode in our culture today. Because of that, it has led to moments of anxiety, depression, and anger. This pandemic that we are in right now has now led to an epidemic. And that epidemic has wrapped itself around mental health and wellness in our culture. So this is a real serious moment. In fact, the Harvard Medical Institute took a poll on U.S. adults in 2019 wanting to see who was being affected by mental health issues. 11% of their population admitted that this was something happening in their lives. By December, December of 2020, that number increased from 11 to 42% of their adult population. Wow. That's American stuff, right? We're in Canada. So Canada, as well, has done certain polls and this one in particular that I'm referencing took a poll of 46,000 different Canadians, and they were looking to hear this. Do you have feelings of depression, grief, fear, panic, or anxiety? Any of them, just one of them. And the statistics were showing that 88% of these Canadians carried at least one of those symptoms. In fact, 64% of that same poll expressed that they were even having trouble relaxing in life because of everything that was happening around us. I say all of that to say this. This affects all of us right now in this culture. Whether it's fear, anxiety, depression, panic, anger, we are all affected in some sort of capacity. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes today is I want to normalize the moment. We're all in trouble. We all got problems. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, you got problems? All right. We all got problems. Yes, yeah, some more than others. Yes, I get it. But uh, we all have problems. We all struggle in different capacities. And some of us need medication. Some of us need counsel. Some of us just simply need a friend. All I'm saying to us today is that this is real, right? Like this is real what is happening around us. And we need help, don't we? We need help to know how to proceed. And so to do that today, I want to look at the Word of God. I'm going to turn to Joshua chapter 1 and verses 1 to 9. But I'm going to start in verse 9 because this really is why I want to use this text today. So this is God speaking to this gentleman, and his name was Joshua. And Joshua was about to take the people of Israel from their desert into what was known as their promised land. And God has this one interaction with this Joshua guy, and this is what he says. So Joshua, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why does God say to him, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged? Do you think that Joshua was a little afraid about going into a new territory? Do you think that Israel was a little bit discouraged about heading into a new promised land? Let's just go back to Egypt. It was safe. We had food and everything. 
why is God saying to Joshua, do not be afraid and be discouraged? It's because they were, period. And this is why they were afraid. This is why they were discouraged. In verse 1, it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, there's a good way to start, right? Someone dies. I'm a, I'm a little bit discouraged, and I'm a little bit afraid about what's about to take place next. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to now lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. And I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your feet, you will be on the land that I have given to you. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. And listen to these words, I will not fail you, I will not abandon you. So be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all of the land I swore to their ancestors and I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Do you think God's trying to say something to them right now at this stage, right? Be strong and now very courageous instead of just courageous. Now very courageous. I mean, these people are messed up. And God has a word for them though, right? He says this, be careful to obey all. All the instructions. Somebody say all. That's important. All the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and then you will be successful in everything you do. You want success in your life? Take a look at that verse and you'll find your answer. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be able to obey everything written in it. And only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, Joshua. Be strong and say it, courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because some of us in this room today, you're afraid and you're discouraged. You're living in fear. You're living in panic and worry and anxiety. And God has a word for you. Be strong and courageous. So we're going to explore this today a little bit more. So as we've read the word, Lord, will you pray with me? And we'll jump in. So Father, thank you for these moments. Now again, let your word speak. We understand today, according to some of these statistics and what even is represented in this room, to those of us who are online, we struggle with fear. And I ask today that you, Holy Spirit, will shed a light onto the dark places of this fear narrative that is taking place in our world. Help us today to hear what you have to say to us, not what my circumstances and situation are dictating around me. So help us to see you is what I pray for. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. The subject that I would like to speak uh, to us about this morning is this, cow or a buffalo? What would you prefer? Who are my cow people in the room today? I know this is really impromptu, okay? Some cow people who are the buffalo people who are asking, why are you asking me a question like this and wondering, what are you about to do, right? So we all have perspectives, and I'm going to come back to this in, in a quick moment. Now, as you see on the stage, I've got two balloons, and these balloons are going to be important for a picture that I need to paint in this narrative of fear, worry, and anxiety, especially when it comes to our mental health and wellness. So what we have here is the first balloon, for those that can't see maybe on the wings, but this first balloon says pre, pre-COVID, we had a term that was circulating in our culture and it was mental illness. This is real. There are people who struggle in our society with mental illness. There are some deep-rooted things that have caused a lot of harm, damage in people's lives. Statistically speaking, I could probably identify some of us in this room that deal with mental illness. It's real. That was pre-COVID. 
But then we get this little friend creature called COVID who comes along, and the narrative begins to change. And you'll notice that with the balloon and the visual is this, is that what we have seen pre-COVID has now expanded itself. It is ballooned, and what has been included in this as well as the mental illness that has surrounded us is this thing called mental health and mental wellness. And we have begun to learn that the narrative has changed from what was to now what is. And how many of you would identify we got a problem in our culture now? This is what is happening. It has expanded itself even further than where it once was. And we have to shed light onto these moments because it matters for us today. The World Health Organization says this about mental health right here, okay? says that this is about your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, your social interaction. And then it says this about the mental illness that we have had in our culture as well. This is how people act, how they think. Their behaviors now flow out of it because of what has happened and how perhaps they may interact with others. But the World Health Organization says that these are increasingly being used as if they are the same thing, but they are not. It's just showing us that the whole storyline has changed in our culture. Both are very valid, both are very real, but don't get them mixed up is what they're encouraging us. We have to identify, we have to name what we're actually dealing with here. Many of us today, I feel, are naked and afraid. We're naked and afraid, wandering around the Garden of Eden, Wondering what in the world is going on. Why are you talking about nakedness in church, Sean? Let me tell you why. Because in a garden a really long time ago, our parents, Adam and Eve, decided to make a choice. And in that choice, it showed that God shows up one day and he's walking the garden. Where are you? Where are you? To which they respond to him, we're afraid. Why are you afraid, Adam and Eve? Like what? It's because they had a moment that changed the course of history. See, what I want us to see in the garden moment is that this idea of being naked and afraid, it's a familial trait. (laughs) This is part of the family. This is what we do. And in fact, when it comes to our naked and afraid, I think sometimes a lot of us will go in with shame because we don't want people to know our mental wellness. We don't want people to know that we're afraid, and so we have shame around it. For some of us, we actually embrace that fear and that worry and anxiety, and we hide behind it as if it's a shield to protect us from stepping into what God actually really wants for you. And so we hide behind some of these moments too. And a part of that is I'm just ignorant. I don't know how to maybe go forward. All we're saying is that this is real, the things that we are having to walk through. To say this one comment, To be fearless may not be possible, but being brave can. And so what I want to do in these moments is make this admission to you. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, when it comes to mental health and wellness, this is not my expertise. It's not my field. I am not here today to fix you. If you are walking with fear and anxiety, that's not my job. My job is to point you to a person who can, and his name is Jesus. That when you fix yourself on Jesus, he can be what you need him to be with the fear, worry, and anxiety you may be wrestling with. 
So in this text that we've read together, I want to pull out three moments, three things for us when it comes to our fear and what we're dealing with in this culture. Number one is name it. I want you to name your fear. Israel was about to do something for the very first time. They were about to move from desert living, 40 years, to go into the promised land where everything was supposed to be awesome. They were going to something that was absolutely brand new. Kind of sounds like you and I when it came to this COVID thing, right? We were walking into something and we had no hot clue what it was going to bring to any of us, and yet we had to walk. And a lot like the Israelites, I begin to notice these things. This scenario is loaded with uncertainty. It's unfamiliar. They had death around them as they walked to this promised land. This was a new home. It was uncomfortable. They were told that there were going to be enemies waiting for them. And they even looked at the new guy, Joshua, and said, can I even trust this dude? We really liked Moses. Resurrect him from the dead. Let's go forward with him. Like everything around them was a new moment, just like we have walked through. But as I look at this text, I see this. Mental health was at center stage for all of them. They were struggling. They didn't know. According to the statistic and the new data for today, their mental health was at an all-time interest. Perhaps you have heard the phrase, um, fear is a liar. Anybody ever heard this before, fear is a liar? Uh, Which, you know, for the most part is very true, but there are some things I think that we could work on with that statement. So we want to do that in doing this. We got to name the fear. And so when I look at the Bible, I see two different types of fear that we have to consider to know how to name what's happening in our lives. And the first fear that we see is one that is beneficial and it is to be encouraged in our lives. It, is, it has to do with on respect. And for instance, if there is a fire over here and you're cold, my suggestion to you would not be to go sit in the fire, right? That would hurt pretty quick. So you have this respect and this awe for this fire. You know what it can do, but at a distance, you're gonna, you're gonna do that. Take a seat. You could walk up a mountain, go on a hike, and as you get to the edge of that mountain, you can make a choice in your head. I could take one more step. And guess what? Gravity is not going to count right now. It's going to hold me and suspend me. I'm here to tell you, don't do it. Just don't take that step. Why? Because we know that in on respect, I'm not going to take the next step to jump over. That same on respect is given to this person, person who we love a lot in this church, and his name is Jesus, or God, and the Holy Spirit, and that is the on the respect. The first fear that we see in the Bible is the fear of the Lord. Do you have the fear of the Lord in your life? Proverbs 9.10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. You want wisdom in your life today, you need to begin to fear the Lord. Proverbs 1.7 goes on to say that fools despise wisdom. So if you are today, by any chance, walking through fear and anxiety, shame, perhaps you are not listening to the right narrative in your life as well. This is not to belittle what you are walking through, but what I am going to do today is I'm going to point you again to Jesus. Jesus is the one who could help you in your moments. Perhaps the foolishness of many of our moments is the fact that we reject the wisdom. And it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what narrative are you maybe listening to? The second type of fear that we see is this. It is simply a spirit of fear. I am afraid, I am discouraged, and I don't know what to do anymore. But 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
He's given us a spirit of love, power, and self-discipline. Sherry Harder says this about this fear that we are talking about. There are moments when fear is an appropriate and necessary response, as we've discussed. But there are risks when it comes, becomes a constant presence. Now listen to this. Fear and anger should presumably function as alarm systems, and an alarm is not supposed to stay perpetually on. Do you got fire alarm going off in your life constantly? Is it ringing in your ear? Isn't it irritating? This is what she's saying. Continues, it is not the onset of fear or anger that is the most dangerous, but stoking it, cultivating it, and dwelling within it that distorts and deforms. See, folks, dwelling on our fear and our anxiety and our outrage, it's spiritually deforming in our lives. And it's when we understand that when fear and anxiety comes into play for us, we have to go to the root of that. What is the root? Again, if we're to name our fear today, we have to be honest. But at the very root of it all, it's because you and I were not in control. I feel like I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I can't, I can't control this anymore. It's out of my hands. And when that control issue comes into play, we quickly will press the panic button and try to do things ourselves, which ultimately then leads us to this question. Who or what are you trusting in your moment? Are you listening to this, that, trying this, trying that? Or will you trust Jesus to help you in your moment? Because I do think that it's there where you're going to experience your hope. The second thing that I do want us to see here today is that when you name your fear and your anxiety, you have to reframe it as well. So in 2 Peter 2.19, it says, you are a slave to whatever controls you. And we just talked about that at the root of our fear and our anxieties is the fact that we're not in control anymore, and so I'm going to press the buttons on everything else. And so what we begin to see here is that fear becomes the master and you and I become the slave. Are you encouraged and excited to walk into your week now? The interesting thing about this master is that this master wants to bind you up. It wants to put you in chains. It wants to place you in prison. It wants to tell you that you can't move. This card that is being played wants to tell you that you're not enough, that you are unable to move out of it, and it keeps you locked down and it keeps you bound up. See, folks, we have this enemy. His name is Satan. And this is his game. This is what he does. He wants to arrest you today. He wants to freeze you and make you immovable to the changes that God wants to see in you. But in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, I love this because this is Jesus beginning to communicate to us. This is what Jesus says in front of the crowd today. And I think Jesus needs to be uh, reminded to us in this moment about why he even came to this earth. He says this, guess what, folks? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me 
because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. So for any of us today who are walking in fear and anxiety, let me remind you, Jesus has come to set you free today. He doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want you to be in prison anymore. He's come to get you out of jail, and he is your get-out-of-jail-free card. Go Monopoly. Anyway, it goes, he says that the blind will see, because some of us are blinded today, not just physically, but spiritually. We think that where we're at is where we have to be. But Jesus says, I want to open your eyes to see that you do not have to live in prison anymore. He says that the oppressed will be set free because some of us today, we're in chains. We're bound because this fear and anxiety is killing us. It is ripping us apart inside. And Jesus says that he wants to free you. Come on, somebody. I think this is worth Jesus a little bit of applause in this place today about what he wants to do in and through you. And the time of the Lord's favor has come because some of us are living in unfavorable situations right now. But Jesus came to bring favor to your life, not disfavor. This is what we have to reorient ourselves. This is how we have to reframe. And so in this text, you know what God is doing? He's speaking to good old Joshua. And he says this to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to be strong and courageous. He says it multiple times as if God is trying to get a point across to his boy that day, right? Be strong and courageous. But this is what he says. I need you to pay attention to the word of God as you do it. See, this book becomes essential in your reframing of the fear and anxiety that you are walking in today. He says that you have to meditate on this book. You have to do exactly what it says. Then you will be successful. Why can't I escape this fear? Why can't I escape this anxiety? I'm telling you, folks, get back to Jesus and his word and watch what he begins to do in reframing even where you are at in your own life because fear is a liar. Fear is going to deceive you, it will bind you, it will lock you down, but I am asking us today, what voice are you listening to today? We have to reframe our lives with the word of God, and he says, be strong and courageous. Do not cower, do not back down, do not live in fear, do not live in that worry and anxiety, be strong and courageous. In Philippians chapter four, verses six to nine, it says this, that don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious, don't be fearful, don't worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done and then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It says, fix your thoughts. What is he saying? Reframe your thinking. It's time to reframe your thinking. And this is how you reframe it. You begin to think on things that are true, what are honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy our praise. The very first thing that he says in this text there, he says, fix your thoughts on what is true. And the idea here today is that you have to take the lie of fear, the lie of anxiety, and exchange it for the truth of Jesus Christ. 
We have to come back to these moments where we think that we're alone and we're not going to be able to do this. God looks at you and he says, I am not going to leave you. I am not going to abandon you. You are not alone in this moment. Oh, I don't have the money or the finances to continue this. And God says, listen, I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to take care of every single one of your needs. I'm going to even take care of those birds on Sean's lawn so I will even take care of you today. He will do whatever he can to get your attention when it comes to your health and the things that you are walking through. I can't, it's a lie, I'm afraid, I don't know what to do. It says in the scripture that by his stripes you're healed. That's truth. Don't listen to these lies. And when some of us want to exclaim, I'm afraid of those spiders, God says to you, I don't even know why I made them either. I'm with you on that, okay? He doesn't say that, by the way. (laughs) But what I'm saying for us today is you have to exchange the lie that fear is for the truth. But it comes in the word of God. And you have to get back to the word of God. The last thing that I want us to see today, if we're naming it and reframing it, now I want you to replace it. Because in 1 John 4, 18, it says this, perfect love casts out fear. Today I want to remind anybody who is walking in fear and anxiety, you do not have to be a slave to fear. You are a child of God. You do not have to listen to that narrative. You do not have to walk in it. Oftentimes, unfortunately, we choose to because of our familial traits. But you do not have to do that today. God spoke these words over Joshua in this text today, and please do not lose this. But this is what God says to you. Sir, madam, student, child, whoever you are in this room today, and fear is one of your stories. If anxiety is wrecking your life right now, listen to these words. This is God pronouncing something over you that you cannot forget, that you must not lose. And he says this, I will never fail you. Because some of us today in this place, we think God's failed us because you're walking through a tough time. Do not be fooled by the tough time. We all have them. And God says that in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So just because you're walking through something doesn't mean that he's failed you. He's right there with you. He also goes on to say that I will not abandon you. You are not alone. You may feel like you're alone and your shame probably locks you up and keeps you in that prison. But let your mouth be heard. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I need some help in my life. And God says that I will not abandon you. I will be there with you. You see, God is letting us know today that he has not left. He is in control. You don't have to be. Hallelujah, praise God, because this is getting tiresome for this body, but knowing that there's a Savior who loves me and will lead me through these moments, that's good news today. Now, there are some action steps, because if I'm asking you to replace, I'm asking you to exchange. So you've got to have some sort of an exchange in your life when it comes to this stuff of fear and anxiety. There's got to be something that you could do. So here are a couple things that I was thinking of that you'll work on this week. First of all, some of you, you need professional help. That's not an insult. That's an invitation to life. Get professional help. Do not be ashamed of that. Do not be afraid of it. I've done it in my own life. It's great. It's hard but it's life-giving. Get professional help. Some of us today, you know somebody else who is struggling with mental health and wellness. 
you know it. And my Bible instructs me that you are to bear one another's burdens. Which means if you know somebody who's walking through this, then go be with that person. And can I add one more thing? Don't sit there and try to fix them. There's nothing more irritating than that, right? Go sit there and be quiet. Be a stone. Listen, cry, hold their hand, do whatever, but be with somebody who's walking in mental wellness today that's in a struggle. Some of us, you need medication to help where you're at. That's okay. Go do it. In fact, here's one other resource that I want to throw in your path. Dr. Caroline Leaf does a lot of science on her mind and the reset of mind. And she has placed an app called the NeuroCycle together. And I am affirming this uh, opportunity for you today. And in doing this cycle, if this is something that you are struggling with, you'd like to see a break and a release, this is a great daily tool to help you overcome anxiety, maybe stress or toxic thinking. This could be something that you could take a look at. But beyond all of those things that I have suggested to you, here's the best one. Go read Psalm chapter 91. Because you and I, we think that we could do this on our own strength or even with the strength and the help of others, which is somewhat true. But it'll always fall short of what God can actually do in your life. Your homework today would be go read Psalm 91. See what it has to say about this God that I am talking about and what he thinks of you and what he can do for and in through you. To be fearless may not be possible, but being brave can. So it is time for us to name the fear and the anxiety. It is time for us then to reframe it, exchange the lie for the truth, and then it is time for us to replace it and put some action steps into move. So at the beginning of the, the morning, I asked you, cow or buffalo? Where are all my cow people again? Now you've thought about it a little bit more. Who likes cows? Anybody want to change their opinion? Okay, it's good. How, buffalo people. How many of you are still like, I, I really don't know? Okay, and that's okay too. Here's the story. A storm comes rolling over the hill, and I want you today to allow the storm to represent the fear and the anxiety in your life. Storm comes rolling over the hill, and over here is, this, is a group of cows. They get together, as cows do. They start talking to each other. Hey, look at that. That's pretty neat. What do you think we should do? These cows begin to start talking, and they're like, oh, this is, I think, uh, this is what we're going to do. Let's put our brains together, as little as they may be. And they're like, let's run. And so they begin to take off the other way from where the storm. Storms come and they're like, I'm not going that way. That would be ridiculous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this way. They begin to run. And they're running, they're running, they're running. They realize their short little cow legs don't keep them as far advanced in front of that storm as they maybe thought. And all of a sudden, they are engulfed in this storm and it is taking them down. It is wiping them out. But the, notice the duration of that. Like the storm's over here and they're in panic mode and then they're running and the storm's catching and it's totally covering them and they get defeated and they are sideswiped actually by what is about to take place. That's what cows do storm comes over the hill the buffalo they get together they're like we're better than cows like what should we do you know what buffalo do they look at the storm and they say this charge i'm going to the storm 
I'm going to hit that storm. Yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be hard. But you know, when I hit that storm, I'm going to also get through that storm because the storm is going to pass. See, the cows got it different. They're walking and running with the storm, and they're out of control. But a buffalo hits it dead on, and they say, I'm ready to take this on. Charge. Are you a cow? Or are you a buffalo? When it comes to your fear and anxiety, are you running like a cow? And it's going to catch you anyway. Or are you like a buffalo? who's going to say, I'm going to hit this because I know who is on my side. I know who is able to get me through. I know who is able to see me through the things that I am walking through. Church, will you stand with me this morning? Because some of us in this room today, you're struggling with fear and anxiety. You know it. And you're either walking in it in a shame mode or maybe it's a protective piece for you. I'm here to tell you today there's no shame in Jesus. But if you've got fear and anxiety, as Jess and this team begin to sing over us, it's a song that we sang earlier about the name of Jesus. Because it is the name of Jesus that could bring your release. He came as he declared, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to release us in this room today from the things that are struggling us and strangling us to death. Jesus today wants to set some of us free in this room today. Will you let him? Will you be like the buffalo and charge to him in these moments rather than the cow that tries to run away from it? Will you begin to lift up your voices to him? And will you begin to sing over your life the truth and the love of Jesus Christ for your life? So begin to sing this, Jess. Sing it louder. Come on, sing it. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, make this your prayer to Jesus today. If you're struggling with anxiety and fear, worry, panic, give it to Jesus. Come on, just begin to offer your life to him right now and say, Jesus, I need you in this place. You know who you are. Just get out of prison today. This is your moment for him to come and amaze you with his goodness and with his grace. Come on, say his name. Jesus, he'll make the darkness tremble if you let him. He will release you. That storm that's coming, the storm that you are in, he will release you. Let him today. Come on, speak his name, sing his name, because it is only him that could bring the change in our lives. Come on, Jesus again, sing Jesus. Come on, let this be your prayer to him. Jesus, Jesus, come on. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's build this thing. Yeah. 
anxiety. Just give that to Jesus right now. Right where you are, all eyes closed in this place. Jesus, you see me, you see us. And I pray today that we would have a great exchange, that we would name our fear for what it is, that we would reframe the fear with how the word of God speaks to me. Truth for a lie. And I pray that you would help us to replace today to know that we are not alone, we are not abandoned, you have not left us, and you want to break us out of prison. And so there are some people in this room and online with us today that you want to release from prison. I believe that. So as only you could do, would you do it? Come and minister. Bring that change is what I pray for in this place. And with all eyes closed in this place, perhaps you've never known this Jesus who's able to bring this freedom to your life. We've celebrated him in the room today who died and rose again to die for our sins that we could have life and life to the full. Maybe you've never made a decision to accept him as your savior. This would be a great time for you. And if you're in this room today and you're saying, yeah, you know what, I, this Jesus, I want to have this relationship with him. Again, with all eyes closed, if that's you, just raise your hand to him. And he'll see you right where you are. If you want that relationship with him, he sees you. And you just pray this prayer, Jesus, I need you today. I recognize my brokenness, my sin, but I recognize even greater your love for me. Thank you for coming to die for me, to set me free. And today I submit my life to you. I give you who I am. I know I may not have all the answers yet, but I feel you're trustworthy for my life. So I give you my life today. And if you're online watching with us and you're making this decision too, you text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. A pastor will be in touch with you to invite you into this journey, this freedom that Jesus has for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So church, I want you this week to be a buffalo to not be a cow. <laughs> it sounds so weird. <laughs> but I want you to look at that fear and anxiety straight in the eye and go hit it. Because Jesus wants your freedom. He truly does. And if you're interested in learning more on the conversation, we continue the conversation on Wednesday nights. Come and join us. Have a conversation around this. And if you are brand new today to Call with Church, welcome. I'm going to encourage you, if you're in the room, go to our Welcome Center. Pastor Tyson and James are back there. They'd love to meet you. But folks, let's do this. To be fearless may not be possible, but being brave can. So let's be like some buffalo. Let's go be brave. We love you, church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.